I'm I'm doing. You're doing? I'm also I'm doing. doing. Great. It's nice to know that we're both doing together. End of small talk. Welcome back to Boost Calls, <laughs> podcast where we drink and talk about musical Indeed. and raise money for music education mm-hmm. and All of just shoot things. the shit. Just shoot the shit. Talk about our thoughts pew, and pew, feelings. Pew. We love it. So Campbell. Weird energy we got going on today. We so, do have weird yeah, energy, let, but it's okay. Yeah, let's just get let's start. Let's get let's uh, get started. So our next segment, what is it called? Let's what what musical term are we learning our, for today? Uh, our segment that's always called the exact same thing every time. This week it, it oh I need my notes for that. Um, <laughs> this week it is called Rock Shot. Ooh, love it. Cheers. So vodka it is. Oh. Rock and roll is our term, originating in the United States, late 40s, early 50s, developing kind of directly from blues, rhythm and blues, um, African-American music, basically, but also like some country, jazz, blues, folk. Mm -hmm. But specifically what I want to talk about is kind of like the main uh, instrumentation. So it's kind of like the basic rock instrumentation was derived from... Uh, blues band instrumentation so you know prominent lead guitar second chordal instrument bass drums um, and a group of musicians performing like in this instrumentation this styling is called a rock band or rock group i know that's like a very you know people know that but but it's also interesting to hear so i didn't mean to interrupt necessarily but it's also interesting to hear some of the uh core connections of rock like a lot of people don't necessarily know the like fundamentals that rock shares with like country even with jazz or like with some other um with some other types of genres and how those have crossed over and impacted like music history at least in america like at least in the western um society right like the impact that all those different genres have had on each other it's pretty substantial yeah yeah cool work and that relates to the musical we're talking about today which is Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Ooh, specifically so the 2001 um, film adaptation um, by this like musical comedy drama. There's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> the The film was written for the screen and directed by John Cameron Mitchell, um, based on Mitchell's and Stephen Trask's uh, stage musical Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, about Hedwig Robinson, a gay East German rock singer um, who undergoes a botched gender reassignment surgery and explores, navigates, uh, you know, their identity while also trying, pursuing a career in music. Yeah, and I gotta say, I didn't read the synopsis for this musical until I was sitting down to watch it. What do you think the Angry Inch was? I Not the, truly, the, the remains of someone's penis. Truly no clue. I truly had no concept. like, Angry Inch, that's interesting. Um, and then I read the synopsis and I was like, oh, whole new meaning <laughs> to the title. Yeah. Yeah, but um, Kevin, why don't you tell us why you, well, I guess we'll do the drink first and then you'll talk about why you picked this yeah okay so for the drink there's like a lot of different things we could have done we could have done vermouth on the rocks Ooh, we could have done people drink 
I mean, the musical it is. <laughs> oh, it does. True, true. It's a lyric. <laughs> um, but what I wanted to do is we haven't done any kind of like shooter based things. So I was thinking about making like kind of like a spicy one being like the angry inch. And then we also have like German style beer. Um, oh my god, that's so smart. I did not make that connection. So technically, this is two inches. I did measure it. Um, <laughs> and it's basically like a, like a jalapeno forward based, whatever word, kamikaze shot, yeah. which is uh, vodka, orange triple liquor, sec. like triple yeah. sec, lime juice. So it's that with this jalapeno simple syrup, which I almost got a serrano pepper for because I didn't know how Ooh. spicy I wanted it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm feeling a little roasty toasty today. So I was like, eh, maybe we shouldn't push it. I'm really a fan of the jalapeno. Like I've never really even considered like a jalapeno syrup and it's really good. I'm going to be putting in some other stuff. Yeah, we've only done, like, with, like, spicy stuff when we did the Cool Rider for Grease 2. But that was muddled jalapenos. Yeah. And then, like, the syrup and water and lemons and vodka and stuff. Yeah. Um, Whereas this, like, the jalapeno flavor really comes through the syrup and even some of the spice, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. I wasn't sure, like, how it would turn out, but it it turned out pretty spicy. But it's, like, a nice, (laughs) I don't want to say afterburn. But, like, aftertaste of spiciness, you know. After I haven't tried been... it yet, so yeah. I'm excited. I was just smelling it, slash my um, kitchen smelled spicy. <laughs> I licked the spoon that I was stirring it with. Oh, and you were into it. Nice, mm-hmm. nice, nice, nice. Okay. Again, listeners, if you want to just, like, zhuzh up your drinks, mess with simple syrups. Yes. Or even, not even your cocktails, but just, like, add some soda water. Ooh, yeah. Or some, like, other, like, juices and stuff. Like, you can do whatever you want. And their simple syrups are really easy to make. Yeah, and it's, like, you can make all your own infusions, like, ginger simple syrups, spice simple syrups, you know, citrusy ones. Like, there's so much you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So now we're going to shoot the Angry Inch. Oh, let me open the beer first. Oh, what kind okay. of beer did you get? Um, so I got a couple different kinds. I got, um, it's called, I had to go to multiple stores to even find one, um, but it's called Bitburger, uh, or Bitburger, I don't really know how the Germans pronounce their G's, um, but it is brewed in Bitburg, Germany. It's a premium Pilsner, um, so this is going to be interesting to try. I've never had, um, I've had very few Pilsners in general, but I haven't had uh, this particular type of beer before. What about you? So I got some like German inspired things like some local Oregon beer. So this first one is block 15. It's their Blocktoberfest, and it's supposed Ooh. to be like a uh, Marsen or Marsen beer, a uh, March beer beer. Um, it's a lager originating in like Bavaria and it's kind of like medium to full body. Um, this one is kind of like amber in color. And there's usually like a range of like colors, like those beers um, are, um, Yeah, so it's like definitely rich, beer rich. The malt is balanced with like kind of bitter, the bitterness of uh, hops, and it's kind of similar to like a Vienna lager, apparently. So that's okay. this first one. So we're going to. Ooh, I'm and sh- just as a fun aside, I have my kamikaze shot in my Blue Angel shot glass. I just thought that would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I have mine in the Corvallis uh, Brewing Supply. September beer fest festival kind of Ooh. which was actually yesterday 
didn't go. Um, but this was for, I have like a million of these for it. It's like the best event in Corvallis. Nice. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Let's, let's, Clink. let's, let's do the thing. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's delicious. Yeah, I really like how the jalapeno spice comes afterwards, but it's still tempered by like the sweetness of the orange liqueur and the syrup itself. Yeah. But it's, but like you hold both the sweet because sweet and spicy flavors hit on different parts of your tongue so you kind of hold the sweet and the spicy flavors at the same time and it creates an interesting experience take a sip of your beer now i really like it with like the bitterness of the beer that's a nice follow-up like a nice yeah. chaser yeah for yeah. sure that's fun definitely could have gone spicier for me yeah it tempers it a lot, so you could definitely, if you're if you're a spice lover, you could definitely add some more. Um, and if you're not a spice lover, it's really not that bad. So I would still no. encourage you to give it a try. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so Hedwig and Angry Inch, I yes. picked this. So I saw this for the first time a few years ago with Kelly Cabaret episode. Shout out to Kelly. Mm-hmm. I Super love fun. You. Um, and it, I love the. It's like a musical that I saw that the like rock music alternative music didn't seem like weird <laughs> mm. yeah I get that. as in like it was like good <laughs> i thought the performances were like reminiscent of like a rock show and so yeah. oh something else to note um this was a stage show first and yes. that is the stage show is definitely way more intimate and it's not like all these different actors playing all these parts it's very much like a drag performance in a minute singing and talking and it's just like hey here's my story it's no like fourth wall kind of thing yeah. it's literally like Hedwig speaking to the audience with that. like some other actors of course and it's kind of like some versions of it are like just based in like one room one stage type of thing um and it just like seems like a concert as opposed yeah. to like a show a fictional concert yeah. Which I was like, oh, that's super cool. Yeah, and you kind of get that vibe um, during the film, too. Like, they still take mm-hmm. that aspect of making all the songs an actual performance, which I really like in the context of a film musical that can yeah. do it. Um, very Selena, very Chicago. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, some of some of the, like, adaptation, I'm, in- I'm definitely intrigued to, like, get into. The cinematography overall, I think, is fantastic. Like, yeah amazing but it's yeah, it's really cool comparing to the the stage musical and like all the um that was like really popular before it got you know uh adapted into a film and the film had we'll talk about the reception uh, yeah the film and it also um i also picked it because you know uh spoiler i'm a super gay and like <laughs> queer expression and um navigating like gender identity and like yeah. the lines between like sex and gender and like I think it's really interesting because at first when I like heard about it, I thought it was like from the perspective of like a trans woman going like through this kind of stuff, but it kind of like flips that yeah. kind of yeah, sort of it's, like, really it's like it, but it it's just like oh so yeah, it just it's just super super interesting, yeah. and I was just really excited to do this. Some people have noted it as like this modern day like Rocky Horror Picture Show, so I'm interested to yeah. see how like you it think about this one compared to Rocky vibe. Horror. Yeah, um, but it's just kind of 
Ugh. And I think, like, the... There's just a lot of cool things about it, especially with the, the historical significance yeah. and, like, the choices of different settings that we'll talk about. Ooh, but, okay. um, yeah, I guess we should just, like, start talking about it. Yes. So this is one of the few... I will say, like, before we get into it, um, I had really never heard of a rock opera before we started doing this podcast and of all the rock operas we've done so far besides maybe like tenacious d and the pick of destiny I think because that, one... that's just your favorite that's your it's fantastic. 10 out of 10 no notes that's <laughs> like, just um, uh. but this one's very close like this one is also really really good and i like we're, we're gonna talk about it as we get into it um but i do think it's interesting comparing this to some of the other rock operas that we've done um, and just like the way the music is performed. Um, so we started off, we hear uh, a guitar performance first like starts off tuning and then it's doing this like riff of the Star Spangled Banner over the opening. No, I thought credit. it was America the Beautiful. You are correct. I, I literally, those... Raven, <laughs> I literally wrote down Star Spangled Banner and then I erased it to write America the Beautiful. That's you are so not funny. allowed. That's so funny. Yeah, I get those song titles mixed up all the time for some reason. I don't know. They're I'm both basically America's American. Where at least I know I'm free. I'm free. Boo doo 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 doo. Yeah, we gotta sing that in elementary um, school. So anyway, uh, we get to the the Bilgewater restaurant, which yes. will be so. There's many. It's a chain. Many a location, <laughs> and we get to the song "Tear Me Down." Yes. And we see, we're introduced to Hedwig and uh, their band. So Hedwig's played by John Cameron Mitchell, one mm-hmm. of the creators, writers, um, who was also Hedwig on Broadway, yeah. off Broadway, on the stage show, uh, who's also been City on Fire, The Good Fight, Shrill. Um, but we also meet a lot of other people in the band. We have Yitzhak, uh, played by Miriam Shore. Um, it's not as clear in the film version, um, but she is a Eastern European drag queen. But because that's like Hedwig's like shtick mm. has to present as masculine. That was not clear. I just thought it she was like, not clear. Yeah. I just thought she one, I thought she might have been a trans man. I, yes, what, there's I, a lot of like <laughs> amb- ambiguity of yeah. the like gender identity. Yeah, which I really like that it's seen as like not mattering. It's yeah. just like it, instead. I think this is really interesting. Well, it it does matter because this character is forced to present in a certain light. Yes, and wanting to otherwise. Yeah. We just, so that subplot, I just think, is, like, really I think, interesting. Yeah, and I think that subplot is slightly lost in the movie, because at the end, we'll get to it, but at the end, when um, Hedwig gives her her wig, it it was clear that it meant a lot to her. It was unclear why, because that hadn't really been set up very well, yeah. I think, in the movie. But I do think it's interesting. I think also one of the reasons it's unclear that she's Eastern European is because she has like two spoken lines in the entire movie. Everything else is like yeah. sung, but even then Hedwig doesn't allow her to have a whole lot of lines. So yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, Miriam short does a great job. Also been in damages, Guardians of the galaxy three younger inside Schwartz. Oh. Um, and it's 
Yeah, it's re- it's just really interesting. I, it's just like more developed in the stage show. Yeah. But again, this movie it's like an hour thirty one. Yeah, which is a stage short. show would typically be what two and a half, sometimes even three hours with yeah, intermission. So. so you have a lot more time to uh, develop. And then uh, I'm sorry for mispronouncing all these character names, but like, yes, what are you to do? We will we try have our best. Gizip, S K S Z P, who is Stephen Trask, also like one of the main people oh yeah well yeah um but also was in another musical we did they were an aspiring composer and lyricist number 23 in tick tick boom um but then we also have theodore lisinski playing jacek and rob campbell playing christoph uh and michael aronov playing schlatko um that's like the band yeah and they like have done amazing things like Theodore um, was part of a bunch of different art departments. Rob Campbell has been in a bunch of like movies and TV shows. He's in The Crucible, 1996, The Crossing. Michael Arnoff originated the roles of Yuri Savir in the Tony Award winning production of Oslo on Broadway. Um, originated Paul in Lyle Kessler's Firstborn at the Actor Studio and Dennis and, Dennis and Teresa Rebix uh, Martius. Um, and so this is like the band we're seeing that is just super like rock and roll, yeah. punk, counterculture. And as much as this band doesn't get along from the tyranny of Hedwig, <laughs> they know how to like perform together and back each other up. Oh, hells yeah. They're, they're nothing but professionals. Yes, they're back Even when forth. they are like fighting literally tips. the audience. Yeah, they're, they're back and forth and overall like chemistry as a group on stage fantastic fantastic um so headway uh she goes up to the mic and opens her like wings that are part of her outfit um Mm -hmm. to reveal the message yankee go home with me love that love calling the person a yankee um so we're in kansas city uh and we get into their their performance which i think is important i haven't looked it up or read about it but can't because they're in kansas city kansas or missouri Mm. they're in one and then the other and stuff like that but basically i learned this on like the radio like a few weeks ago but there's a reason there are two kansas cities because they were originally the same city what and then the the state divide i let's look it up now i heard on the radio and refused to look it up and now i'm just saying it as fact and so I think that is, like, also playing into find out Hedwig's from East Berlin. So, like, the communist side um, of, like, it the Berlin sure Wall. It sure is. Kansas City Hell sits yeah. on the border between Kansas and Missouri. And the border goes through the city. That is why. I feel like I yeah. heard something like that before. But, like, have put it out of my mind because it sounded insane. Yeah. So immediately we're setting up, uh, like, dualism. Yeah. We see it in, like, you know, East and West Berlin with the Berlin Wall. We see it in Kansas City, mm-hmm. both of them. And we're also seeing it kind of learning about the history of Hedwig. Her and character, the, yeah. And, like, her character uh, struggling to find, like, other half kind of thing that we'll get into a lot in Origin of Love. Yeah. Um, I also love seeing the fans at the restaurant because at first it's, like, really funny seeing this like band play for a bunch of old people yeah uh and then there's also like you know does have some pretty loyal fans and i need that foam wig of like that (laughs) fair faucet 
Hedwig wig. Oh yeah, her wigs are fantastic. Um, Yeah, Um, I love how I love how throughout this we always see that the people they're performing to in these restaurants um, don't want this to be happening, and I love that um, because (laughs) these are just like dinner service at the Lobster Shack. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is like if you went to. I'm trying to think of a an equivalent restaurant. Yeah. Because oh, it's not it's not quite TJ TGI Fridays. Yeah. And it's not Outback Steakhouse, but it's like in between. Maybe Chili's? I would maybe Chili's, but Chili's, I don't know. Their vibe is whatever you want it to be. <laughs> Fair. And it's not Applebee's, but maybe like a Ruby Tuesdays. That actually feels the most appropriate. Like, if you went to Ruby Tuesdays, like, during the early bird special, <laughs> and then there's this, like, genderqueer punk rock band screaming and thrusting into your face, Literally. stealing your drink and throwing it away. <laughs> and I think... I was here for it. That's heaven on earth. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, I love seeing the entire band just say, like, fuck it, we're going to go all out, we're going to be ourselves, and you're going to take it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so we, like, find out, um, we learn more, you know, more context about the Berlin Wall. That's when Hedwig was born. Um, And how it was a symbol of, like, the Cold War. Yeah. And hedwig in this song and tear me down is like you can't tear me down like is also kind of that symbol of like duality um and was kind of getting outstaged by her band and you start to see that kind of like ego in the very Mm -hmm. beginning just like unplugs the mic is like you're done i'm finishing this song and yeah that i just i thought that was a really quick introduction introductory song because i know in musicals like the first song is usually like setting everything up mm-hmm. but this is like in co- how this sets this up it very well it establishes kind of like some past history some of the themes throughout um some conflict amongst the characters mm-hmm. and some like very very pivotal um character traits and like that may lead to different characters' demises. Like, all yeah. within this, like, really this weird scene. Yeah. Um, and also, more importantly, it's just a good song. Like, all of the it's music... It's just a good song. All of the music in this musical is just good. I very much enjoyed every single musical sequence. And this song in particular is such, like, an anthem. Um, like, I feel like it's... Uh, there's, there's a lot of songs like this, but it's very much one of those, like, punk-style, like... I'm I, like I am who I am. I'm I'm always going to be unapologetically who I am, and you can't change that. Like you can't bring me down. Yeah. Um. And we love which that. is really interesting with the juxtaposition of like the Berlin Wall did come down. Mm-hmm. So is that is that like a juxtaposition or is that foreshadowing? You think? Mm. Or both. I think it is foreshadowing, but I also think it makes you, it forces you to think about what exactly the Berlin Wall is meant to symbolize in her life and in her lyrics. Yeah. 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 Um, John Cameron Mitchell is such a good performer. Oh Oh my my gosh. gosh. He crushes it, this entire movie. 
Um, so then after they finish the performance, we cut back. We're at a motel. It's nighttime. Um, we see Yitzhak, uh, in a, basically in this hotel room of all blonde wigs, presumably Trixie Mattel who? (laughs) Honestly. Um, he starts to put one of them on indicating like, this is something that he's interested in. Um, but then like kind of stops or like takes it off very quickly when Hedwig comes in. Um, so, okay. They are married. Yeah, which I was not, I did not get that at first. I, this kiss that they have, I got the impression that like Yitzhak was interested in her or like something of the type of like, she was like only treating it like a hookup or something or only treating like a offensive benefit situation. I did not until the end when she said, I want a divorce. I was not aware that these characters were married in any sense of the term. Uh, Yeah. Yitzhak is Hedwig's husband, just very clearly one-sided marriage yeah and And there's like an idealization of hedwig um who is not over like her past it's just it's really interesting yeah 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 it's also really interesting how the immigration law is working in this case um because hedwig only came over with a green card visa because she married a u.s citizen that marriage is now ended and she married another non-u.s citizen and i'm just a little confused but you know, that can be a discussion for a different day. <laughs> honestly, back in the day, I feel like people could do whatever they want. Honestly, honestly, especially pre-internet. Fair. Um, so, okay. So then we hear um, another artist is singing the same song "Tear Me Down" on TV. We look mm-hmm. over, we find out that this is Tommy Gnosis. Um, and we find out that... Played by she, Michael Pitt. Played by Michael Pitt. Um, oh, in a relationship? But no, there wouldn't be. Okay. Um, and so we find out that she and Tommy Gnosis like, used to be together. And she actually basically wrote all of the newest songs that he's coming out with. She actually wrote those are her songs. Um, and so we get into the song Origin of Love. Um, and well, I guess... Was well, there's a few things. After. We, we yeah, do there's meet a few some characters after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know you're just excited to talk about Origin of Love yes. because that's just, it's so good. It's just so good. So good. So good. Uh, and so we we hear more Hedwig is like assuming talk the identity the of internationally yeah. ignored artist. artist. Um, and we go back to like another Bilgewater, like another restaurant. And part of her performance is like a slideshow about like her history who she is what she like where her music is yeah and tommy gnosis like stealing it we're introduced to uh her manager phyllis stein which is so funny yeah so like I if love you don't know what the, the the word uh philistine philistine is it's a person who is like either like hostile or indifferent to culture and the arts he's just someone who just doesn't have like an understanding of them Mm -hmm. which is really funny to like make a pun out of that word as the manager for an artist like hedwig and she is played by the incredible andrea martin and here's some credits kills it kills it she's incredible she's incredible in everything she does uh first and foremost she's miss foul in jimmy neutron nice my big fat greek wedding evil she plays this badass nun um only murders in the building uh she has like 
I know when this is coming out in a couple weeks, there will be like some more episodes. But in the most current season, spoiler, she may be a murder suspect. It's <laughs> Have you seen that show? Yeah, I'm caught up with it and I'm obsessed with it. Okay, yeah. Isn't she so good She's in it? She's so good. Oh my gosh. Oh, her and her fish. Um, <laughs> she was in Hairspray Live, but also, what 30 Rock episode was she in? Oh, Raven? No. Oh no, Campbell, you know I'm I'll not give you order. a hint. Okay, please do. Her wrist is sprained. And it's a plot point. Oh my gosh. Does she wear like a pink tweed suit? I think and so. I feel like I can picture it, but I don't remember what the character is. Like what was happening. Um, you mean Talia? Yes, please. You can give me another hint? I'll give you that, another that's hint. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> it has to do with an award. With an award? Was... Was it when... Jack was getting... Jack and... Liz went to... No. No. It's when Liz won an award for like... 40 women under 40 or something like that Mm. and jenna is super jealous and was going to have like a surprise wedding at it when liz was like fellow like lighting person did the milk aisle yeah like lighting uh gail was there from oprah and gail yes and it was she was the woman like hosting it and she was just like misses her like ex-husband <laughs> and she's like I, I put his clothes on a body pillow <laughs> and it's like <laughs> i do remember that now oh my gosh that was an iconic yeah she episode. plays bonnie oh, that was a really good episode i think that episode. i think that episode also has the amazing quote i didn't mean to steal your thunder my whole life is thunder <laughs> and secret Land. Oh my uh, gosh. I think that's all the same episode. What a great episode of what television. What a great episode. Iconic. Yeah. So anyway, um, so, Andrea yeah. Martin. Incredible. But she was also in The Producers. She was like one of the hug me, kiss me, squeeze kiss me, me yeah. women. Yeah. And she's just so, so, so good. Yeah. And everything she does. So if you're listening to this, we love you. Mm-hmm. And... We also see kind of when people are like together, we find out that they're actually, it's not like randomly finding these gigs. They're going to cities that Tommy has his tour in. Yeah. So it's like whatever restaurants across the street from whatever stadium (laughs) music venue, that's where they're playing. Yeah. And so that's why she calls it her her world tour uh, because she's technically doing a tour too. Yeah, and right now Tommy is her world. And we're also seeing um, that Yitzhak also has like a rent sweatshirt. Yeah. Comes up later. Um, but there's a current lawsuit going on about Hedwig like writing all those songs and things like that. Yeah. Um, and so we learn a little bit more about her past. Like she, um, does a couple Through slides. Through her animation first diary type things. Exactly. Yeah. So she found her diary from when she was like two to six. Um, she talks about all the people that like touched her, like influenced her in her life. Um, so we do oh. find. Yes. No pun intended. 
Yeah, so we do find out <laughs> <sorry>. that <laughs> we do find out that early in her childhood she was molested by her father. Um, which after that, like her mother uh, kicked him out. Played by Jean Peters. Yes, <laughs> father. Um, her mother so her mother kicked him out good on her because not of mothers do that um so then she was basically raised from that point on like just by her mother they lived in a very small house um uh hedwig's given name a hansel Hansel, Um, and uh young hansel's played by ben mayer goodman and uh hansel's mom whose name is hedwig uh is played by a better watson and yeah just it's just really interesting performance at a ruby tuesdays <laughs> it's like oh such a rich experience yeah yeah so we get into the song origin of love and i really like this so this basically tells the story of like the legend of soulmates um so this is the tell that i believe it's aristophanes tells in let me get back to that here. was plato it's plato's uh play uh, is Plato's play, The Symposium, but the character that delivers the speech is Aristophanes. Um, okay, gotcha. Yes. So it's the speech What about both of these? Shut the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> both so, of these nuts. Uh, it's the legend, basically, of the idea that humans were originally created with two arms, uh, or with four arms, four legs, two heads, um, and that... It's kind of back-to-back. Yeah, back to back, and that Zeus basically split these individuals into two-armed, two-legged, one-headed humans, um, and that is why people now are constantly searching for their soulmate. Um, So one thing I like about this story, I haven't heard it told this way before, so I don't know if it's the exact same as the original speech, um, but in this, we have people of the sun, people of the moon, and people of the earth. So people of the sun are basically two men back to back. People of the moon are two women back to back. And people of the earth are a man. Do I have that uh, switched? It, it's, the earth is two women back to back. And the, the moon earth is, two, is... Which makes way more sense anyway. Um, yeah, so people of the earth are two women back to back. And the people of the sun are a man and a woman. Or, sorry, of the moon. No. Yeah, the moon. Of the moon are a man and a woman back to back. So really like that. That's cool. Um and with this one so it kind of transitions from her talking about like this legend and kind of using this as sort of like symbolism metaphor to talking about like her relationship and how she's feeling now that um one just like in her state now kind of feeling like a split person but also her relationship with tommy now that they've broken up um and kind of feeling that sense of like being lost without her soulmate um yeah so yeah again i think this is just a good song like it's just a well-constructed song that has i think a good it introduces a good theme that it develops well along the course of the song and it's just melodically very pleasing i guess is the best way to say that it's so good and i really like how um the visuals for this are kind of like those six-year-old drawings animated um, yeah i love the art style of these little animated series yeah i think i think it's really really good i also think it's interesting because like i'm just talking in general about like you know gender and identity and sex Mm -hmm. and like things like that um so this is kind of like based off of like some like ancient greek like related things and it's just like you know such a bummer it makes me mad when people are like oh this used to not exist blah 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 but then like completely ignoring like you know indigenous people 
you know, most of human history, like indigenous people, like two spirited, uh, Mahu and like Hawaiian and, um, like cultures and things like that. And just yeah. like so many documented instances. Be also, like, that's still relatively modern history. Like even going back to like literal anthropology, we have studies of people where it's like, oh, this person had like the physical anatomy of a man, but all of their burial rites, all of the their symbolism around like their grave is all that of how a woman would generally be treated or buried in the society. So we conclude that despite being biologically or anatomically male, they lived as a woman or they were perceived as a woman by their society. Yeah. Like we have evidence of this stuff and people just choose to ignore it which is wild but that's what the will so, do to you yeah right this yeah. song is so good yeah. and it's just like i would love to go to this show oh you know yes. just this... like because sometimes you go to like a concert and you can just tell someone was like born to perform mm-hmm. like connect with the audience and just like has such an like an ease on stage mm-hmm. that's like just so genuine and that's like what i think the character hedwig is really giving yes yeah mitchell is so dynamic in this role where i feel like the character of hedwig um really comes to life and i feel like you feel at least in this film and i would imagine in the stage version too um you feel really connected to her story um and I feel like a lot of because the story surrounds her and even like all the musical sequences are about or songs that she wrote about things that happened in her life or things that she was feeling. And so it really requires her to carry the story. But because Mitchell does it so well, it really brings through all the symbolism, all the um, like foreshadowing, all of the themes and like motifs that are woven throughout the story really work well because the performance is so on point. Yeah. Find out more about uh, Hansel's childhood, um, and you know when the Berlin Wall went up, and like people were trying to uh, move to like Western Germany or like beyond to like escape, like you know, like communism and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hansel's mom was like, "You know what? That's where we're headed." Yeah, was able to get a job and teaching limbless kids to sculpt i think they said that's what they said but i thought it was metaphorical um yes I, yeah. yeah because it's it, it seemed like it was like sculptures to like authoritarian figures so yeah I, yeah yeah it's just interesting and <laughs> we kind of uh see the love of rock and rock and roll and blues that since a young age in the oven that Hedwig <laughs> has always had. And yes. I think it's a really cool cinematography kind of thing when it goes from like young Hansel to Hedwig in the oven and how it yes. like turns kind of uh, like not analyzing, but like showing like reference uh, for um, these different Bands musical figures. Yeah. Um, listening to American Forces Radio. Yeah, um, so we see, like, the impact that all of this has had on her life. Um, we also see her mother not being super happy about, like, having to hear all the music and her, like, blasting it in the oven, I guess. Um, I mean, the favorite cartoon, um, what, what was it, what was it? Uh, it was Jesus something. 
Jesus oh. was good from the American Forces Network. Yes. And one of my favorite quotes of this movie is young Hansel saying in German, Jesus says the darndest things. <laughs> Hilarious. And he does indeed. Hedwig, his mother says, so did Hitler. What a great film we're watching. <laughs> Which is not untrue. And yeah, I, I really like that. That's hilarious. Um, and then she basically tells Hansel um, that it's like better to be powerless because like the whole absolute power corrupts absolutely, um, which Hansel knows that quote and actually finishes it for her. Um, so that kind of, I think, like sets up some of her character or like Hansel's character mm-hmm. arc a little bit. And so then we kind of cut and we're at the Mincy's Fair, <laughs> which is a celebration of women in music. This is very female Woodstock. I'm loving it. Um, so we see that Hedwig and the Angry Inch are performing, but their on the stage, ninth stage. Uh, on the ninth, yeah, and their stage is set up by the porta potties, and they have exactly one fan <laughs> who is. Who? dedicated <laughs> who is credited as goth mincy's boy oh and who is played by max tolch <laughs> nice Great and job. it gets to the point where hedwig just like sits down it's like okay, like okay let's just because like even like these shows are like let's have a conversation with talking in music and yeah. goth mincy's boy eventually just sits on the stage goth like and they're just like <laughs> performing and talking and just like connecting with yeah. each other through like Hedwig's story which is really cool um like being able to connect with an artist that you like to that personal degree at a show like mm-hmm. this um so yeah so she just sits down starts talking to the kid and basically telling her story um when so she's back in Berlin um and we see that she is like sleeping um mm-hmm. naked uh, no um, longer pursuing academics because she got kicked out yes with she was basically studying, researching, um, this was like mid-20s, late-20s, um, about, like, the influence of, like, rock and roll and how, like, Eastern, like, Berlin and, like, communism is, like, in direct opposition to that in some mm-hmm. things she calls, you can't always get what you want. Which is Fantastic. the best title of anything. That's amazing. <laughs> that's 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 it. Yeah, and so they didn't like that, and she got kicked out, and so she stopped pursuing her like academic career. Um, so now she's sleeping naked when a U.S. Army officer with d- disturbingly Steve Harvey energy, um, <laughs> Sergeant Luther <laughs> Robinson, played by Maurice Dean Wint, who's also been in Havens Real Estate. Um, also, favorite credit of his, the X-Men, the animated series from, Ooh. like, 1997. He voices the Shadow King, which is, like, Storm's, like, yeah. arch rival that, like, possesses, like, her um, son-slash-nephew kind of cool. person. Um, who also relates to, like, if you go in the comics, who also relates to, like, Nightcrawler's, like, story and stuff, like, whatever. We don't have to talk about comic books. Uh, but that's him. <laughs> Big Steve Harvey energy, yes. very get in my van. Uh, I'm not saying that's Steve Harvey energy. I'm now moving on to Sergeant Luther Robinson. How yes. he's like, oh, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Except Turns you're not, around, sucks that you're not a woman. There's a penis. And it was just like, wow, you're still pretty beautiful. Would mm-hmm. you like some um, American candy? 
Yeah, so she tells him uh, her name is Hansel, and he's like, oh, well, you must like candy. And so she says, I like gummy bears. Um, so he gives her all these gummy bears um, and just starts Disgusting. like... Disgusting disgusting um but we have a lot of like close up like mouth shots in the scene which i think are very interesting and did not bother me as much as i thought they would um it like on a scale from like kind of a food network cooking show like competition show when people trying food to Lord of the Rings. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'd say it's about a six or a seven. The the specific shot of her eating the gummy bears, definitely, yeah. It's definitely closer to that Lord of the Rings shot. Yeah. It's, again, the cinematography, fantastic. make a lot of interesting choices, and I don't think I dislike any of them. Um, Mm -hmm. So, basically, so we get into the song, uh, or no, 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 so she... T- tells us hotel about yeah about like the gummy bears uh were like american and like super colorful and everything and so she ends up leaving walk and- on the rainbow side so kind of like you know a metaphor for like being like a gay experience yes yeah so she initially leaves and then comes back uh to following a trail of candy uh very hansel and gretel style to the witch's house literally uh, hansel which is a the naked uh, officer Luther Robinson laying back in her bed, um, saying With basically candy come crush. pick this candy. Yes, um, and so we get into the song Sugar Daddy, which great, great song. Um, antithesis Bobbity of Bob this Bob. creepy ass scene because it is the funnest little country swing joint, and I loved this. And see, this is where you also see just talk about like rock and roll in general. Cheers, cheers how you see like what different music genres like inform Mm -hmm. that genre being able to kind of like switch like that and like lean more one way like on a spectrum of like different music genres and this is when she full-on makes that bilgewater restaurant her bitch Yes. I think she this says is my favorite fun uh, things like uh sugar daddy's in the house, you can give me a cavity, honey. Uh it's a car wash, ladies and gentlemen. While thrusting uh, her crotch into an old man's face. Which I believe this old man specifically um is Alan Mandel. I had to know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you looked that up. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. this is one of my favorite performances of theirs in the movie, just because it's it's one of the most like over the top in your face, but also just like the music itself is just such a fun little ditty that I I just loved it. Yeah, I, loved it. I also uh, loved the manager is just kind of like dancing, being supportive, just like <laughs> I don't really so know what's fun. going on, but like Mama. she's like trying to get the other uh, other uh, patrons like clap along yeah. and stuff. The song is ridiculous. Um, so then we come we come 
back um, and we see Hansel is now uh, with Officer Robinson in her mother's house talking to her mother and saying like hey he wants to marry me and bring me to America they have the paperwork and Hedwig super supportive she's like okay we'll get my ID basically like if we you know you have the wig you know we'll just yeah. do some photoshop you can have my name and my ID and like basically use my name to get into America um, and Officer Robinson is like mm, it's not that simple so basically he says that she's going to need to get bottom surgery um, because they're, they have to get married in East Berlin for her to be able to leave with him, which requires a full body examination, um, which I didn't look up the history because that's weird, but that it seems not so far-fetched that I wouldn't believe it for East Berlin, but still a little wild. Like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, like her mom is just like, okay, and then you take my passport. We'll change the photo. It's really easy. And if you if you want to be free, you got to leave something behind. And I know uh, just the doctor to do it. So I didn't we... like that the mom immediately jumped in with it. Like it just no. I mean, no. And a lot of this movie is, is sort of figurative and embellished a little bit because it's yeah. being told. So that's not necessarily exactly how it happened. But I was still just like, I don't like that she's being pressured into, which is obviously the point, right? But yeah, yeah, very uncomfortable. Um, but we get into the song uh, "Angry Inch," and you know, sometimes I really appreciate with different musicals and art where you know with different like lyrics that like, you can be like so fig- like figurative language and imagery abound mm-hmm. we kind of see this and we're just like trying to get hints of like what the song is about and history of it with the first lyrics my sex change operation got botched so like <laughs> what do they mean by that truly truly the messaging of the song is incomprehensible it is yeah. it is yeah. obscured behind the deepest layers of imagery and symbolism and figurative language <laughs> which is interesting this is like one of my favorite scenes it's, like, it's interesting this, like, because sequence. a lot of the a lot of the filmography itself like a lot of the scenes themselves are kind of figurative and metaphorical a little bit um but the songs themselves are are, especially this one very literal um this is a very uh explicit song about like like she literally literally says my penis uh my penis was supposed to be a vagina or no the penis that i used to have with the vagina that i still don't have or something like that um, and I just love the fact, this is where I wrote down dinner service at the lobster shack, because I just love the fact that th- they're singing this song at a restaurant of like families eating. Um, yeah. and yeah, so during, during this song as well, you can see that Yitzhak is upset with Hedwig. Um, so this is kind of some of the like tangible start of like the band and Herb sort of being at odds. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> We see that uh, all is not totally lost because one dude um, calls Hedwig the F-slur and Yitzhak beats the ever-loving shit out of him. Okay, no, no, that doesn't do it justice. (laughs) Um, First, that man, uh, Ermie's Blairison, is also like a has done a lot of like stunt acting, which I always think Mm. is really cool. So perfect for this. Yitzhak soars. Yes. Like, Nacho Libre at the end of the movie. While, like, Banshee screaming at him. (laughs) It was just, like, immediate slur, I'm killing you. And I'm like, that's the energy that needs... We need. That is, like, intrinsic to, like, 
punk and rock yes. and like metal like the counterculture is like you know sticking up and standing up for people who are not like mainstream who are people who have who been discriminated against yeah, yeah marginalized that is always punk. yeah that's the whole point of it and so yeah. if people are like oh that's like this like i saw this back when i had twitter it's called x now and i saw this like one tweet and they're like they were like tweeting like retweeted or quote tweet whatever it is now um <laughs> is it even called tweets anymore because it's not twitter I, whatever truly no one knows it, <laughs> not it's, even uh, Elon. I, when someone axed someone it was <laughs> saying about like rage against the machine like the band it was just like you guys have gone woke and i was just like have you do you not know do you have not you know never listened is? to a single word of their songs <laughs> ever their band Honestly. is literally called rage against the machine what do you think the machine is yeah like it's what? yeah oh it's so frustrating but i really like this song um, because we also have like fun little interludes, like made my tits out of clay. Fun. Oh yeah, that's fun. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> and the old people are into this song, yeah. And it's just kind of like inciting rage amongst everyone. Um, first day as a uh, find out during the song that like the gender reassignment surgery got botched. Um, so lyrics like first day as a woman already that time of the month and like oh yeah because she was like gushing blood through the wound basically that they things, left things closed up that weren't supposed to mm-hmm. um and everyone just starts fighting and the manager <laughs> is kicking at like literally yes. everyone we see like the bandmates one by one are like soaring diving like yeah like Everyone's getting into the action. A homing, like bigoted homing missiles. And <laughs> it's so much fun. This just turns into a complete brawl. Yes. And then we see a headwig. And this song is also just like really good. Yeah. And I think it's really. This is the most I like just really like, song that they have. Yes. Yeah. And I just like really appreciate how into this everyone gets into it. Because mm-hmm. you like feel that energy like yeah. from seeing it. Yeah, and as and, she's, uh, yeah. so so Hedwig, like you were kind of getting to this, but uh, she basically like fully dissociates and like flies away. Um, but as she's flying away, one of the last scenes of the patrons in the restaurant that you see is this family. <laughs> I have to set the scene. So it's a family in a booth, guy on the left side on one side of the table, uh, two other people, two women on the other side. One woman, maybe his wife, is like throwing salad and food just pelting him with it and he's just like what are you gonna do this is my life now and the other lady is Tossing screaming <laughs> screaming and like shoving people and shaking people i'm just like i love this um this is I, what musicals should be this is what I, musical you know what be. i always say and it's documented there should be more blood in musicals <laughs> you do say that every time i it's do a little say concerning it. but it works for this one yeah it works and so, so kind of dissociates and then we yeah. see like east berlin november 9 1988 and we we see that they get married mm-hmm. they go to america junction city kansas i think junction city is a very interesting choice of location as well in that transitionary phase no pun intended okay. and yeah. we see that sergeant luther leaves her on their first anniversary for some young ass twink 
Motherfucker. Yes. And the thing, this is the thing that's wild to me, is that I, in, in some of the ways in which I think this movie, the story is a really interesting exploration of, like, gender identity and sexuality, because Luther really, like, was still attracted to her as a man. And I think, like, even when he mentioned, like, oh, it kind of sucks that you're not a girl, and, like, he kept calling him girl, or calling her girl, like, I think it was more of his own rationalization of, like, not wanting to come to terms with the fact that he was gay, um, also because he was in East Berlin at the time. Um, And then the sex reassignment surgery was more of a, like, necessary evil to be able to physically get her out of Germany. But he is still attracted two men so now that she at the very least doesn't have a penis like he now leaves her for another young twink which like problematically young like i have questions um i want to see this young man's id but um i think it's i think it's interesting just that that progression of events and like how everyone's um and like how we leave now hedwig uh, it's just kind of Alone. sitting here, like, what do I do now? And the people we hear on informing the news, like these decisions and kind of like not goading her, but like supporting things that she's not like sure about. Like yeah. her mom, like in sunny Yugoslavia, so like she didn't stay. Yeah, and so she left. But we also see on TV that like the Berlin Wall comes down. That so same all, day, all of this. And it, they literally say good things come for those who wait. Who wait. So, yes. like, literally, none of this needed to happen. Yeah. She could have just stayed it's with just her mom like, for another year. The, the wall would have come down and she would be in sunny Yugoslavia right now with her mother. Now, just in this trailer in Kansas, and I have this anniversary present um, from my now ex-husband. Yeah. And we get into the song Wig in a Box, which I think is really cool because it's like now, oh, okay, regretting different choices, doesn't have the support system. Mm-hmm. Really, this song is uh, investigation to who Hansel or Hedwig, like who they is. are and who they want to be. And yeah. we see this through a series of different wigs they put on. And this song is so good. So <laughs> good oh my uh, miss gosh. midnight checkout queen this is when she has a vermouth on the rocks which sounds yeah. terrible it do you think it's sweet or dry vermouth Ooh, maybe sweet i think dry based uh, on country of origin that but maybe sense. sweet when introduced to like american candy and things like that yeah not that candy. sweet vermouth is like actually actual sweet. candy um don't try it children um so yeah we, <laughs> this song, i hope children aren't listening to us <laughs> i really like the way this song starts because it's the first one that at least starts not as a performance so it starts in this really sort of like stripped down way with just Hedwig's uh with just Hedwig um and she's like laying on the couch and there's still like the backing track and everything but it's a lot more it feels a lot more personal um, like all of the music so far has been her personal music about her feelings and thoughts and, and experiences, but also mm-hmm. filtered through the lens of like, this is actively a performance. Whereas yeah. the way the song is framed is like, it's not a performance. It's truly her in this like vulnerable moment, sharing her thoughts and feelings. Um, and then it kind of hits a turning point where it like climaxes and amps up and the band, um, her band all come into the trailer, which this is you know probably in her head at this point, but the band all come into the trailer 
trailer um they're like jamming out we see they flip the wall of the trailer down into a stage really so really cool really really cool i love how like film musicals use these sort of techniques to make it more dynamic um so they're doing this basically whole concert on the uh you know, slid down wall of this trailer. Um, they have a fun little sing along moment where they're all singing out through the window of the trailer. And there's like a little Hedwig wig like bouncing yes, along. And lyrics it's like on the so screen. much fun. It's so fun. It's just fun. Um, it's just really interesting to see who Hedwig is like masking as with yeah. these different wigs. We have Miss Midnight Checkout Queen. Um, with the first wig, Miss Beehive, 1963. And it's all until like, and then I wake up and take the wig off and I'm back, and I'm back to myself. To Miss yeah. Farrah Fawcett from TV, which like, that's the best wig out of all of them. Um, but then Miss Punk Rock Star and I'm never turning back. So it's not like I'm waking up and I'm who I am again. It's just like, this is who I'm choosing to be. To yeah. be. And this is the point. It's like very like share and it's just like performing and... Yeah, it's just really, really cool. And I think this may be a good time to get another drink. I agree. Second so we'll shot. Be right back. Burp. Kevin, do you remember being back in like third grade and having like music class and learning to play the recorder and like hot cross buns? Fun fact. So, you know, I know a lot of wind instruments i physically was mm -hmm. not able to play the recorder my teacher told me just to stand there at the concert but yeah i'm familiar with the concept <laughs> that's so wait, that's so that's so sad it's okay i can play you the bassoon i've gotten over it i don't feel bad about it that's fair i suppose okay well we'll, we'll move on put a pin in that um, <laughs> put, put a pin in that boop um so unfortunately enough uh there are students all across the country that have never before had a general music education class and don't have the ability or the opportunity to access music education um, and get the chance to learn tons of different wind instruments um, or even just the recorder. And that's why we are partnering with Education Through Music, which is an organization that partners with low-income schools in New York City to provide students better access to music education. Also, 53% of New York City schools do not have a music teacher on faculty full-time. So, Education Through Music also provides weekly music education by putting qualified music teachers into these schools. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons this is so important is because motivation for learning means motivation for staying in school. And a lot of the students that are able to be involved in these music programs report that they have uh, attended school when they otherwise would have skipped um, or like stayed in school when they otherwise like wouldn't have wanted to stay specifically because they were looking forward to music class or they were looking forward to ensemble um, and, and getting to learn uh, specifically about music. And you can support and learn more at p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. That's p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. Nailed out. Do you have an instrument that you've neglected and now it hates you? Do you have too much money and think, hey, this can go to a good place? Neither applies to me, but I want to talk to you about the Dodario Foundation. They believe in the transformative power of music and that mentoring and building communities through music can positively affect social change. 100% of every dollar raised goes directly to support efforts to get kids involved in community music programs, acquire and maintain instruments, provide college scholarships, 
and support new innovation in music education. You can learn more and donate at www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That's www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. Hey there, listeners. Pop quiz. Who was your favorite teacher in school? Did it happen to be someone who inspired a movie? Did that movie later change the world? Because that's exactly what happened with Mr. Holland's opus, the story of the profound effect a dedicated music teacher had on generations of students. The composer for the film, Michael Kamen, later started the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation in 1996 as his commitment to the future of music education. Today, the foundation works with schools nationwide to audit their music education programs, supply quality instruments, train teachers on basic instrument repair, and even offer customized consulting to make sure the school's program fits their students' needs. The impact of this foundation now ensures that hundreds of thousands of kids across the country are granted access to learn and play music in school, keeping music education alive and well. If you're interested in supporting their mission, you can donate online, over the phone, or even while you shop Amazon or eBay. Visit mhopus.org slash donate to learn more. My glasses. My glasses. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Still delicious. Still good. Okay. And at this point, uh, we see to like make ends meet has like different jobs, babysitting, um, mm-hmm. sex work, and mm-hmm. one of the babysitter gigs um, that she has the like older sibling is uh, Tommy Speck is the well, character's name who is Tommy Gnosis. Yes, but we don't get there for a while. We go to the mall first. So we're at the mall in Providence. Oh, meet and greet. Yeah, yeah, I I literally, okay. So we hear Tommy singing Origin of Love over the like mall radio PA system, whatever. Yeah. Um, And we find out that he's doing a meet and greet. Um, So they try to get in. Uh, Her manager tries to discourage her, like say like, hey, love, I don't think this is a great idea. Uh, But she's like, I'm going to go see him. So they try to get into the meet and greet, but they're turned away as soon as they see Hedwig. Um, And then the group all goes like, they're very upset. Hedwig like tries to like fight her way in basically. So like physically like removed. Um, They all go to a laundromat afterwards. So like doing their clothes and everything. Hedwig like screams at one of the uh, band musicians for putting her bra in the dryer, which like, okay. The just screaming fine. was unnecessary, but just also justified. Like, don't put a bra in the dryer. Especially in, like, the 90s, 80s, whenever. Yeah, 80s. Like, don't put a bra in the dryer. That's bad. That's bad. Don't do that. Um, so then, Yitzhak, we do see there is a casting call for rent in the laundromat. Um, so it actually gives, like, descriptions of a few of the main characters. Um, and she, we see that she kind of, like, inconspicuously takes the whole flyer selfish they had little slips of paper where you could just take a phone number she takes the whole flyer um and then we see Hedwig is outside like on she then like storms out after the whole screaming thing um and and then we, we get into a drunk tire party yes um so where, where Hedwig is drinking like the band 
I it's it's the like groupies like the fans and sense. it's Hedwig is drinking Zima and fun mm. fact every time it cuts back there's more in the bottle that's so funny <laughs> I did not notice that good eye um so yeah so she's telling them about Tommy she's like you want to know about Tommy Gnosis I know all about Tommy Gnosis so then she explains she was babysitting for his father who was a like commander colonel some sort of officer in the military doesn't really matter um but basically she talks about seems how like she- a tool seems like a tool um so she was really babysitting for his younger sister who was like a literal baby um but tommy was like a teenager at the time uh looks to be about like 16 maybe um and 17 17, i think specifically i think that's what she said yeah um so we see this scene right where it kind of cuts away and tommy is in the tub very clearly masturbating presumably at the image not image but like at the sight i guess of hedwig um so hedwig comes over puts the baby on the floor and then steps over the baby instead of just putting it down and walking over like a normal person who watches children for a living anyway so she puts the baby on the floor the proceeds drunk then which is worse she's babysitting a child anyway (laughs) and did she have like a lollipop or was that a cig like a long cigarette Oh, I was not, I do not recall, but concerning. Um, so she puts this infant on the floor um, and steps over and finishes like jacking off Tommy, who is again a child at this point. Um, yes. So then we kind of like cut away. She like throws him her card, right? For like they have. Uh, so she's just formed her band, presumably Hedwig and the Angry Inch. It's just like rock band available for all occasions, um, which is yeah. kind of a double entendre. And I think uh, we see that like this band right now is not like the current band, but it's made up of Korean sergeant wives. That does the rhythm section. Only mm. one of them is credited, though, which like I still haven't like found. Um, but the the woman that's credited, uh, the character Kwang Yi, who's playing the mm. guitar, played Probably by Sushi Lee. She's the only named one. Yeah, actor and writer. Short Bus Octavio is dead. Um, Short Bus was also like written and directed by yeah. um, John Cameron Mitchell. So there's like a lot of people in this that were in that. Which is also, side note, its own issue, because why is it so common for, like, Asian female characters, especially in movies, to just, like, straight up not be named? Also, all of the other characters in the band, their names weren't said in the movie, but they had names and were credited. But only Kwang Yi, whose name was physically said in the movie, even has a credit. Like, the other band members aren't even, like... Like, first bandmate number one or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, there's no credit. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. And because they're super cool. They're and I really so like cool. <laughs> I really like Hedwig's like different looks during yeah. this. And like oh, this yeah. is like the like cafe type area that they're in. Um this starts playing Wicked Little Town and there are some like people there um that it's alluded to like a lot of the men or like other clients of hers who like mm. you know brought their significant others and be like oh let's go check out this show and stuff like that um and it's we get to the song wicked little town which is such a good song and yes. it's about like you know people being trapped in small towns and like there's like a world out there and like just like make 
you 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 can do it yeah and and she and she's, specifies she's, yeah she's she, singing to tommy specifically yeah so she specifies that this is the first song she actually ever wrote um and i really like it it's a little bit of a departure from the other music we've heard so far it's very soft very like a, a very tender song um that while all of the other songs like they all elicit emotion right like they all evoke a sort of like visceral reaction kind of to them um but this one sort of just like i feel like touches you right like when i was listening to this i was just one like a little mesmerized by her voice um but she still has that sort of like i think it's interesting the way different genres do this sort of soft slow almost lilting sort of song style yeah because they're still she's still a rock artist right so her voice it's not as much like whisper singer or anything it's a little more like um rob thomas i feel like it's 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 more like a tepid rock like soft yes. rock soft rock yeah 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 um so we see that tommy has actually come to watch her she's basically singing the song at him um and towards the end she like okay so she dabs her forehead with a towel and tosses at him but then when he opens it up it's a full print of her full full face makeup and i'm just like that's not how no 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 it's it's great (laughs) moving on and we see them like talking more in that like Tommy's dad, like he does play guitar, mm-hmm. and um, the actor um, Michael Pitt, um, who's also been like Dawson's Creek, Cannibal, Boardwalk Empire, he does play guitar and sings uh, in the band Pagoda. Um, and so, just like, oh yeah, my dad felt bad about being a dick and got me this guitar. And usually, his like guitar playing is like in like church, mm, and. Yeah they're just trying to like they're connecting with each other through uh music and we hear the told me the classics boston kansas america asia travel exhausts me really fun line (laughs) but kind of tells this is the part i was confused about in the film that then they say that like Hedwig tells Tommy like her story and in the background it's like a bomb is like falling and then it explodes and when it explodes I thought was like oh I was born a man's like this was like the surgery I had like blah 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 I thought that's what what the explosion that's what I also thought yes but like later Tommy's like surprised i thought that was a reaction to the fact that technically what she has is neither a penis nor vagina and he was more just like what is that but like when hedwig is like i told him my story i was like that but that's like the story that you've been saying that's fair yes i agree it didn't make sense um but he's also a child so um but yeah yeah (laughs) so she tells him what i think is hilarious she tells him her story we have this like sound effect of the bomb dropping which i thought was interesting and like well-timed but then after she delivers this his Uh immediate line have you accepted jesus christ as your lord and savior amazing i love his work (laughs) i love it i love his work talking about that cartoon from before (laughs) fantastic so then Tommy um, retells the story of Adam and Eve in the best way I've ever heard. I thought it was actually really interesting the way he told it. So basically he told it as like God created... He's pretty hypocritical. 
Yeah, like God, God created Adam and then made Eve from Adam. Oh, that's the same as like how you know normal creationists tell it. Uh, but then made this really controlling and unnecessary, like micromanaging rule that they couldn't eat from the tree of good and evil, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, and Eve thinks that's stupid, um, and she also wants to know more. So she decides to be a thought leader and take an apple from the tree and eat it herself. And now she knows about good and evil and then she tells adam she has adam eat the fruit because she loves him and she wants them to have that knowledge together um and then they realize that they're in love and they know that that is good because now they know what good and evil is um and i just think that's a really interesting sort of like reframing of that story in a way that like or from a context or a perspective that i had never thought about before yeah and heard. it's really interesting because like it also makes sense from the character of tommy because mm-hmm. it's just like okay and who is this god like i hate you dad and this is what i'm projecting onto christianity yes and it's they like kind of go through like six month curriculum rock history lyrics like <laughs> yeah. grooming like style and things like that but also other grooming it's mm-hmm. double yeah um because it's gross and they come up with the name tommy gnosis because gnosis is the greek word for knowledge which i was like that's sick um and they and start performing well together yeah yeah and they start performing together like he gets a lot of like teenage girl fans that hedwig then like threatens <laughs> to stab with a broken bottle great great scene great scene no notes again um and then he comes over to the trailers like he's like crying songs like what's wrong yeah. obviously his dad um and so uh, like... another another possible cocktail was from this scene we could have had rainwater in everclear Oh, yikes. I would not have drank. Actually, we have been getting a lot of rain lately. Um, but I would not drink that. Um, so I, I would have. I would have made it something. Mm. We do have ever. I would have pH adjust because <laughs> rainwater is more acidic than river water and like other like waters. I'm getting my doctorate in environmental engineering. That's like mm-hmm. water based. I mean, As former uh, vice president of your high school ecology, high school ecology club. club, I have business cards that say that. I love that for you. Um, um, so then she, we see like while they're sitting here, um, she kind of helps calm them down. Uh, they're like playing music together, messing around and just like talking. Um, and we see that she actually paints uh, a sort of silver cross on his head, which earlier in the film we had seen was part of his mm-hmm. image. We saw that on his album cover um, in his, uh, he had a sort of close up portrait. Um, and I love, again, talked about the cinematography. One example of the cinematography being fantastic. During the scene, when she paints the cross on his head, she holds up a little handheld mirror. And the way she holds the mirror is so that his face, like uh, her, his face and her face are like half and half, right? We can yeah. see both of them at the same time. But then he moves it. He moves her hand so that it's just his face. We only see his face. And just hats off to the director. Like yeah. minor and details go- like that just make the story going back to like origin of love like to Hedwig it's just like this is like the other half that I've been like searching for like completing me kind of thing yeah and then we get into like I I think is a very comical scene it's just like oh well because they're talking about like the like just love in general and like what it means and we like find out like during this sequence like the where origin of love the song like came from that it's like it's like, oh, is it about... They're having conversations about procreation. It's like, is it about recreation? Yeah. They're talking about, like, love is just, like, creation and, like, creating something new that wasn't there before. Yeah. And that really, like, strikes a chord, no pun intended. 
um, <laughs> with him, and he like you know brings her like back is like oh it's going on and like kind of this is the comedy where it's like going through it's like all like sensually like through the hanging clothes and stuff yeah. there's too many clothes and it goes on for too <laughs> long too and i'm clothes. laughing a lot it's it, so it many clothes comical. that trailer is not that long it is so <laughs> funny and so this is like you know the inspiration for this song yeah um and so they're just they're like starting... oh because they also say like they haven't like kissed yeah, so like she kisses him, um, but then she mentions he like turns her around and she talks about how like oh you know he's far more interested in the back of me basically, yeah. um, and so they're like kind of starting to get frisky a little bit. Um, she actually has like he actually is kissing her, um, and then she puts his hand down her pants and he like yanks back uh, when he feels her angry inch, um, and he's like freaking out and she's like you know again what is the problem we've talked about it's this. what this, i have to work this is with. what i have to work with um and he's just like oh i think my parents are worried about me like i have to go um which again reinforcing the fact that he's a child um, yeah and i love that he says she's like but but i love you and then she says then love the front of me yes um, i just think that's very interesting to look in a relationship dynamic um not necessarily that it's like a child and adult i want to make that clear yeah. and this is like kind of the end of the relationship yeah. that they see. And presumably he goes off with all this music, stuff like that gets big. Um, and now we're in New York city. They're mm-hmm. all broke. They can barely afford the flat. They like cancel some gigs and like someone ordered pizza and they can't afford. But then we see uh, Yitzhak uh, comes in. It's like, I got the part of angel on yes. this cruise. And it's just like, fuck you i want a divorce okay let's try talking to you where neither of us are happy we're so tired we heard early on in the film that hedwig has all of these band members passports Passports, which is still wild and uh, manipulative um and so hedwig rips up his passport yeah which is and it's crazy abusive that's not okay everyone leaves hedwig Everyone it's quits just like, and walks I don't, out. like, even, her, uh, like, her manager's like, I don't think you need me anymore. Yeah. Like, you, you're too far gone at this point. So, now she's lost her band. Um, we see she's out basically working the streets again. Um, and Tommy shows up in a fucking limo. Truly the embodiment of white male privilege. And gives her, so he, what, he like, writes her. While she is, like, a sex worker again. Yes. Yes. Um, so he invites her into the limo. He gives her a copy of his CD where he wrote and Hedwig Robinson on the back in the credits. For the credit, yeah. And, uh, so, and so then it cuts to them like singing together in the car. Like, oh, okay. Driving like, the limo. Like, yeah. I like, assume oh. they killed the limo driver. <laughs> There's no trace like, of this limo driver. Drinking and driving. Yeah. And but, here, just, like... but here's my thing, right? Is that this is a singular copy of his CD that he wrote on in Sharpie that he already owned. This in no way, he didn't publish a statement. This in no way actually gives her credit for the, for the music. And I'm just like, girl, love yourself, do better. Like, no, drop him. But anyway, so they get in a car accident because obviously- Through this car accident, because the manager 
the whole time Phyllis was trying to do is like let's at least get a photo of you two like interacting with each other because then no one can deny that you don't know each other and from this it's just like wait they do know each other all Mm -hmm. these rumors may be true and it kind of like a role reversal I was like oh wait they find the public finds out that Hedwig was like responsible for like all these like huge national international hits hits and so Tommy she gets really Gnosis big. has a fall from grace, and yeah. then she becomes, Hedwig becomes uh, big, and we see that in the, kind of this, like, fun montage. Like, she's on, like, the Rosie O'Donnell show. Um, yeah. Rosie O'Donnell's there, playing herself, and it just, we get into, quote-unquote, Bilgewater's Times Square. Great. And <laughs> the manager's there, the band's back there, and it's, like, part of the performance again. But still Hedwig is just like miserable. A, yeah, still miserable, but like famous there. Yeah, and we get into uh, first Hedwig's lament, and then exquisite corpse. Yes. With Hedwig's lament was just like born on the other side, town ripped into, loss of peace, my heart. Um, everyone gets to take a stab. Like the the part of herself that she gave to other people, her mother, her man, to the rock star, who took the good stuff and ran, and then yeah. we get into it's like okay kind of lamenting about that but then getting angry about that and deconstructing herself in exquisite corpse which is such a sick and such a hard song title yes um it starts as honestly a really really good performance um but then as it goes on and she gets into exquisite corpse it started it sort of starts to devolve um into hedwig basically having a sort of breakdown like on stage where she starts like trashing the stage she like unplugs one of the um musicians guitar she takes the guitar smashes it on the stage she's like running around jumping over everything and then um eventually she starts like ripping off her drag and we see that she's having sort of flashback of like all of her like abusers and manipulators throughout her life um and the scene like everyone kind of like freaks out and like tries to like basically subdue her like calm her down um and then we cut to a sort of uh black stage scene that's presumably taking place like in her mind kind of so um we see tommy is like up on up on the stage in this spotlight um and he's singing a reprise of wicked little town this is so good it's so good and it's very it's very like mournful um and he's singing it directly to hansel like actual like out of drag just himself like hansel um almost as like an apology it sort of feels like yeah um it's a slight like reframing so this is actually called wicked little town gnosis reprise um so he sort of like reframes some of the lyrics to sort of be directed towards her um and this is kind of like I, you kind of get the sense that this is like some of the healing that she needed to do the at acceptance. least in this relationship yeah yeah, the acceptance it's that she can necessarily like, Tommy like actually talking to her, singing to her about this. Yeah, because how she is like obsessed about Tommy is at that origins of love, other half, soulmate type of thing. That yeah. like the masculine to her feminine, um, based off of circumstance. And the song is like there may be no mystical design, no cosmic lover pre-designed, and I think that's just Hedwig coming to terms with their self. Yeah. that hey perhaps like her other half 
isn't like out there the it's within her. your other half is in each of us yes. it's coming to terms because we see that tattoo of the like the split face on mm-hmm. Hedwig before and through the song that kind of like becomes one through different ways just kind yeah. of we see a visual interpretation of her acceptance with like who she is it's not like a wig she's putting on it's not like a performance that they're doing it's just the wig is off like wig in the box before the wig yeah. comes off i wake up i and me they are comparatively male presenting yeah. and it's just like kind of understanding and at the end of it puts that tommy gnosis cross, cross on, on her forehead on her forehead is just like okay so it's these two things now one it's yeah. not necessarily tommy but it's just like i internally have understood who I am with the masculine and the fam- feminine and the in-between. And I am like a whole complete being yeah. that it's over for you all. Like, I got it. <laughs> yes. Like, it's gender over for achieved. <laughs> like, I'm gendering so hard right now, you don't <laughs> even understand. Yeah. And just like, finally comes to term with their past their music their passions their identity um and we get into the song midnight radio which is like i love the song because it's really cool because part of it is like everything's kind of like white yeah everything they're like male presenting except for hansel himself right well i mean he's white but like he's wearing he's wearing these black leather shorts and then just the cross so and this like the some of the lyrics are basically like when a song hits you and like fills you up you like feel you love you're free like you know just like the effect music has on you and at one point that you know that you're whole and that is kind of shown also yeah with Yitzhak and the blonde wig comes out and gives it to, to him yeah and it's just like oh let me put this on for you it's like no that's not what this is I'm like giving it to like, I, this I, identity I have, is yours. I have yeah this identity is yours like I have taken things from you I have like put you down I have put you like in a box you are now like free to do this whatever yeah. you want and they put on the wig and then instantly kind of like in the drag persona that they've like been wanting like all along that is like what their background is what they weren't allowed to like present express yeah to express that's that's the word um so everyone now is like shining like the brightest star and we see that like faces tattoo like together in a whole face again with like the different eyes shape of course mm-hmm. um as like and then we kind of like conclude like most musicals do um with someone naked walking down an alley <laughs> yeah, right? and we get into a reprise of origin of love yeah real, real quick though so i on midnight radio just still i one of the things i really like about the song is that i feel like it it feels more like a it strikes a balance between the early music in the musical, um, like Tear Me Down, Angry Inch, like those like more rockish, like headbanger songs. Um, yeah. And then uh, Wig in a Box and what was the one second. By the Lonely Island. Wig in a Box, yeah. Put your wig <laughs> uh, in and the then box. Wig in a Box and Wicked Little Town that are much more like the softer, more tender side. Um, I feel like this song kind of strikes a balance. Uh, between those two sort of vibes um, of the band and sort of reiterates the balance that 
Hansel now feels as himself, um, understanding that he can present as masculine and, and be himself, but also still retain that feminine energy or vice versa, depending on just what he wants to do and what he's feeling like. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. And then, yeah, it ends with him walking naked down an alley into a public street with like people walking around. So that's interesting. Um, but fiend. So but there they go in, uh, Okay. Hedwig Hansel is going into the world like whole complete not masking anything not performing as anything just them just them yeah and that's how it ends yeah so getting into our composer's corner so we mentioned earlier but music and lyrics were done by Stephen Trask who also helped to write the original stage show um, he's an American musician and composer uh, who also worked as the music director and a house band member at the New York City Club Squeeze Box, which New York City Clubs always have the wildest names. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so a couple fun facts. So his real life band Cheater performed as Hedwig's band, The Angry Inch in the movie. Um, so that was all of those band members. Really, really fun. He won an Obie Award for the play um, and was nominated for a Grammy Award for the movie um, and has also worked on a variety of other films, including Little Fockers, uh, The Backup Plan, Lovelace, and even Dreamgirls, which is really fun. Love that. Um, so getting some of the film reception, uh, it was rated really well by a lot of the receivers. Um, so it has 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think like Are you surprised by that? Actually... I am because I'm no. pessimistic. Oh, I, I'm surprised <laughs> only. I'm surprised only the sense that yeah, I, I guess I would have expected more people to be like to have like outrage about it. But I, I guess it came out a lot later than like Rocky Horror Picture Show did. So it's a slightly different culture when it came out. Um, which interestingly enough about that, so uh, it's it opened in U.S. theaters on July twentieth, two thousand one. But it only opened at first in nine theaters. So the full release was on September 12th, 2001, famously known as like the day after 9-11. So unsurprisingly, they didn't have great box office turnout on that weekend. Um, so they, their initial domestic theatrical uh, like net, uh, gross, I guess, uh, ended up being only $3.6 from a $6 million budget. Uh, but it was still actually like received well by critics um, and still a fairly popular um, and, and well-enjoyed film and musical. So our discussion question, um, I once again have two options for you, Campbell, to choose from. So the first one is just discuss more like what are your thoughts on like the close-up shots um like do they add anything or mean anything to the film or did they sort of detract from the film like um by taking you out of it or um similar sort of question so a lot of the stuff in this movie is like very figurative or embellished um and we could talk about whether or not that makes it kind of easier to engage with the movie or whether you feel like that detracts from the understanding of the movie at all. I Let's go with the first one because I really like these close-up shots, especially okay. I think the best instance of it when it was the young Hansel to like present-day Hedwig mm. because I think these like flashbacks, these like other scenes are just like, you know, visually showing more like what Hedwig is telling 
their audience. Yeah. And I really like what they do that because it, uh, I think it does a good job of centering Hedwig. It's just like, it's not just story I'm selling. I'm telling, this is me. This is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But also just like remind you, it's like, I am in the middle of a performance, which I think is like a big strength of this. And I think something, I mean, it's just like intrinsic to the stage show. That's yeah. just like, yeah i'm singing this is our concert this is our performance but like here's our conversation that's happening it's just like oh yeah don't forget i'm the one that's talking to you it's not like it's not like uh like it is like a narrative tool but like not in like a more traditional sense that it's just like okay now we go back in time and we see it through this perspective it's always the same perspective yeah. And it's just, like, reminding the audience, like, this is the perspective. This is what you're seeing. This is the history of it. But this is still coming from what I am today and how I view this. Yeah. That's interesting. See, I I think for me, like, one of the biggest close-up shots that stood out to me was the scene where Hansel meets uh, Officer Luther Robinson. Um, and we have a close up both on his mouth, uh, while he's like smiling and like talking to her and everything and saying like, oh, well, it sounds like you would like candy. Um, and then a close up on Hansel's mouth as he's like eating the gummy bears and stuff that Luther Robinson brings him. And I think that's an interesting juxtaposition of like the obvious connection or like tie that they draw between, uh, his name being Hansel and like the fairy tale of Hansel and Gretel of like eating the candy and stuff. And to me, it evokes an image of Luther Robinson being the witch who's like using the candy to fatten up Hansel and Gretel because she intends to eat them. Um, and then Hansel and Gretel themselves like consuming all of the candy and that sort of like grotesque imagery of Hansel like chewing all of the gummy bears. I think it's in sort in this sort of way like. Uh, even though it doesn't, it only precedes the other scene by really a few minutes, um, it sort of foreshadows the way in which Luther Robinson is going to basically ruin her life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and he sort of has that, like, that, like, wide, um, sort of, like, devilish, like, wolf's grin type of thing, um, where it, like, really zooms in on, like, and it reminds me of that line from Into the Woods, that nice isn't the same as good of like yeah he's smiling and he's the being last super nice. midnight is such a good song yes i like <sighs> so good um so like yeah it's like it's like focusing on his smile and it's focusing on how nice he's being he's bringing her all this candy but it's not zooming out to see the bigger picture and the bigger picture is that this man is potentially dangerous to you um yeah and, and could pose you harm um so yeah i think i think in that way like the the close-up shots when you really think about them or think about what the director is trying to get you to think about or consider through the use of those shots, I think it's just really good cinematography. Like it really adds to the overall understanding of the story. Um, And even the way, like even the fact that like the fact that he's giving her this candy and sort of preying on her in this way um, is supposed to make you feel as gross as watching her eat these gummy yeah. bears makes you feel. <laughs> so I, I really like the way the, those shots are used throughout the film. So cool. It's a great discussion. So Campbell, I mean, I kind of already know, but what are we yeah. playing today? So now we're going to mix it up on uh, Raven on guitar, myself yes. on ukulele. 
uh, our worst instruments (laughs) and we will be playing origin of love yes which fun fact raven the little intro ditty i don't do it's just you it's just me but i did practice it so yeah i this we're not sight reading this time because like we have discussed on things that we're not as good at i mean i haven't played it at all or really looked at it but you can practice a little bit beforehand yeah. Granted, I sent it today, so... Yeah. <laughs> you sent but it like two with... hours or three hours before we recorded. It's whatever. It was enough so, time. Yeah. We'll be right back. BRB. Bam. How you feeling? You did so good. I'm just playing the chords, just like... Thank you. Worked. I had to be at least 45 minutes earlier that I worked um, almost exclusively on that opening riff and then like just like the first verse. It was um, really, really good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank do you, you okay. want to... Let's do verse two now. Verse two. Fun. Words are supposed to go. I do this weird, like I did the same thing in Tenacious D, where I did this weird, like sing talk thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you it's know, it's just what? how it goes. It gets us through it, and that's it all get, I need. It gets the job done. Okay, <laughs> bridge in done. verse four. Okay. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> You did incredible. Thank you. The end of it felt very, um, secret tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> secret tunnel. That's really funny. But now... That's because I'm really funny, that... Campbell. Right. Now we get to the end of the podcast. Raven, like, how'd you feel about this musical? How would you rate it on a scale of 1 to 10? I really, really liked this musical. Honestly, I would rate it, like... I think a 9 or a 10, to be honest. I can't really think immediately of something I would specifically detract points for. Um, well, the storyline of Yitzhak, I feel like, was definitely less yeah. clear in the film version. So for that reason, I will give it a 9. But otherwise, music great, cinematography great, story great, acting, acting great. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I have same. At 9 out of 10, I think there's some things that, like, in the... When adapting to film and you're choosing to include certain things and develop different things and um, some things, like, get lost in translation, yeah. it's... I, I just, like, wish... I, I seemed like they had the ability to add those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But again, I wonder... And this is something I've not thought about before, but there's never... I don't remember, like, ever being movies that are, like, an hour 45. Maybe there's, like, a standard set time for different films. Like, if it's not an hour and a half, then it goes to two hours or two hours, 20 minutes and things like that. Like, I don't remember Hmm. seeing a movie that's, like, an hour and 50 minutes, you know? That's interesting. I feel like I have seen a movie that's, like, an hour 47, but that is interesting, especially when we look back at older films, right, when you think about, like, the limitations. I don't know much about film. Sorry to all the film girlies out there, but, <laughs> like, especially when you get into older films that are, like, actually on, what is it called, like, an 8-bit 
eight track camera whatever the eight thing is i forget um and then like the different types of film that they had like i could definitely see there being specific limitations on runtime due to the technology of available at the time but i don't know anything more than that but i see your point yeah um but campbell (laughs) where can you find us um so obviously you're already listening to the podcast but Mm -hmm. like if you want to tell the people we can listen or you know just positive reinforcement keep listening to us you can find <laughs> us wherever podcasts are found that be podbean spotify apple Podcasts, amazon Podcasts, uh pandora iHeartRadio, literally wherever podcasts are found and if you listen to us which you currently are because otherwise i'm speaking to no one and that's not true because we have adoring fans Indeed. but while you're listening to us you at all these podcasts playing apps and websites uh you do have an ability to like at least like rate and or follow review us and if you do we hope you do favorably five stars 10 out of 10 leave comments leave five likes out seven. uh five out of seven no notes and <laughs> that helps us like you know connect with other people who like you know i don't know how the algorithms work but the more people that actually like rate us and review us uh, the better we're able to, you know, share what we really like doing and the messaging and the support to music education we want to do with a larger group of people. Um, but if there's some stuff that you have issues with, uh, you know, rate us however you want. That's on you. That's not on me. People's <laughs> opinions of me are none of my business. Uh, but we would at least appreciate some feedback, some criticisms. You can contact us at boozcals at gmail.com, B-O-O-Z-I-C-A-L-S at gmail.com, or on our Instagram at boozicals. Uh, we'd love to get music re- musical recommendations, cocktail recommendations, yeah. um, so cri- some critiques that you may have, or just like some shout-outs or comments. Really, any kind of feedback. We're always super jazzed to hear about, and it really makes or day when we like do get those messages and feedback yeah also let us know how you're feeling about the new segments do you like them do you want to keep them do you want us to swap some out on our next season let us know how you're yeah. feeling do you miss us talking about what music we're listening to recently uh do you miss me talking about hamilton every single episode or ed sheeran <laughs> or ed sheeran <laughs> let us know but besides that we hope you have a great drive or work day or cooking time whatever you're doing right now just be safe and think about music and music education and donate and that's all we have for today bye 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 to piss so bad. Go piss girl. Go piss girl.